Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren and sistren, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away with these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Here's what we're going to tackle today. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse or different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Hey, over the next few minutes, if you're taking notes, and I pray to God that you are, because you're going to get some Bible and some content today. I want to preach to you from this message. Holy Spirit, the revelation gifts. Holy Spirit, the revelation gifts. Come on, would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for this moment, Lord God. We thank you for everything that's happened up to now, Lord. And we, we've played um, an excellence. Um, Father, we've worshipped you. We've filled your throne. And now, Father, I pray that you would do what you can do. John 3.30, Lord, let me decrease, Lord. Get me out of the way. And I pray that you would speak to the hearts and the minds of individuals in this room. I pray, Lord, that today that we would walk out of here with an understanding of who you are, Lord, that you have not changed, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Let us walk in that empowerment to do the mission that you have given us, Lord God, the assignment that you have placed over our life, Lord. We love you. We thank you, Lord. And it's in Jesus' beautiful name that we pray, Lord God. Amen and amen. Come on, Greater Church, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus in this place? Oh, come on, Greater. Would you put your hands together for Jesus? Amen. Hey, so over the last few weeks, as I mentioned, we've been in this study AD after death. So what happened after Jesus' death? After the resurrection, when he came back to life, what did it look like in the life of believers? And over these next few weeks, we're going to kind of unpack, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of these things. Next Sunday is going to be Pentecost Sunday. So what happened in Acts chapter 2 50 days after Easter is what signifies or what we're going to be celebrating next Sunday. And we're going to talk about what that looks like in a little while. But today, I, I want to just give you a brief 60 seconds so my mom doesn't beat, my wife doesn't beat me up. I, I'm going to give you a 60 second recap. 60 second recap. You ready? Probably not going to be 60 seconds. Don't judge me. Don't listen. But... A few weeks ago, we talked about this idea of the Holy Spirit, right? And how the Holy Spirit, for those that do not have Jesus or have not accepted Jesus, the term that some of us hear or some are unsaved or unbelievers. And so it's this idea of us being empty without God. And the scripture says that the Holy Spirit comes alongside of you, John 14. And what he does is that he begins to convict you of three things, of sin, of judgment, of righteousness, and of judgment. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. So the Holy Spirit is trying to convict you. A conviction results in a sentence. The sentence that the Holy Spirit wants for you is for you to receive salvation. So he knocks on your door. Hey, 
You're a sinner. Hey, you're not as good as you think you are. Hey, hell is real. And then what happens is that at that moment, when you accept Jesus, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. At that very moment, what happens is the promise of scripture, Jesus says, is that you are filled not only with salvation, but the Holy Spirit begins to reside inside of you. Right? So this is what happens to the believer. So a believer is saved and now the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And the things that we talked about when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you is a first he saves you. He guides you. He teaches you. He helps you. He comforts. He helps you to live the fruit of the Spirit and he helps you to live a Spirit-led life. And so this happens to every single believer. As soon as they're saved, they have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. But then there comes another side of it, which is the baptism with the Holy Spirit or, or the Spirit being filled for works and all of these different topics that what I've tried to do is kind of strip it a little bit to give you a, a, a very basic idea. And what I've tried to do is that you are being filled so that you can be spilled, right? So the idea is that the Holy Spirit will fill you because here's the truth. Yo, I honestly... I don't care to know what, you know, what all the, the, the technological jargon of my phone is. And uh, I don't know if it got an A6 chip or an A17 chip. I leave that to Greg and Travis and some of y'all people that are way more intelligent than me. I don't need to know what all of mechanicalism stuff that's in here. It's a demon to me. All I need to know is that when I got it, when my wife calls me, I just want to answer. Because I don't want to get beat up. I just want to answer. I don't care what this, I don't, I don't care about all the, how it works. I just want to, I want to know that it works. And what happens is that, man, we're going to go into a deeper study as to what these theological terms are. And we are going to be unpacking what it looks like in the fall in a small group where you want to learn and dive deeper into these things. And we will explain to you what does it look like to have the hypostatic union of Jesus where he is God and man. What does that mean to us? What does it really mean for us to actually walk a spirit-led life? I'm going to give you today basics because I just want you to know how to use the phone, how to turn it on how to make calls, how to receive calls, how to text people. I want to be able to show you these things. As long as the phone is working, all the other religious jargon, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense to you if you don't know how it works. So what I'm trying to do over these next few weeks is I want to teach you how it works. And so the Holy Spirit, he begins to fill you. And all of a sudden now you have the Holy Spirit living inside and all of a sudden you start to get spilled. And this spilling right here is what Jesus talked about in John chapter 7 verse 38 through 39. He says, whoever believes in me as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit. I'm, I'm explaining to you. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And Jesus, the scripture says, now this he said about the spirit whom, he, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as of yet, the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus has been glorified. Thus, the spirit has been given. If the spirit has been given, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And these rivers of living water, what we're talking about are the gifts of the spirit. This is what this is, right? So I want to show you something. Uh, I, I want to show you these. I saw this on the Tic Tac. So I want to show you these two, these two circles, right? So look at these two circles, right? So these two circles, one of these two circles is bigger than the other. One of these two circles, if you are in the Tuesdays, don't you say nothing. One of these circles is bigger than the other one. Take a, take a look at them for just a second. One of these is bigger than the other one. All right, you got it. All right, here we go. If you're online... If you believe the red one is bigger, you're going to put number one. If you believe the blue one is bigger, you're going to put number two. Okay, so here it is. 
I, I, wait for me at the same time. How many of y'all, raise your hand if you're in a building, if you're in a building, raise your hand if you believe the red one is bigger. Red one, raise, red one, red one. Red, let me see it though. Keep, keep your hand up. Okay, cool. There's a few of y'all. Okay, how many of y'all believe the blue one is bigger? Blue one is bigger. Look at that. Look, keep, keep your hand up. Look around the room. Look around the room. Awesome. And then I, I hope they type something in into the text chat on, on, on our live. Can I tell you the truth? They're both the same. But what has happened in church is that the things that are found in scripture, what they tend to do, human beings, people and individuals who are just like me, I represent those individuals that have caused so much harm in the church because I'm a preacher just like they are. I operate in the same gift that they do. What they've created is this stigma where they try to unbalance something and try to take or discredit something that's already been in scripture. It's been there for a long time. Nothing's changed. I watched this very same Jesus that brought people from the dead to life. That's Jesus. But then I saw Paul who was preaching for hours and hours and hours and a kid fell down on the ground from three stories up and he died. And Paul laid on top of him and he came back to life. Yeah, but that was Paul, Chino. That's not you. But you, I've seen and I've read the stories of Smith Wigglesworth whose wife had died and he laid up on a wall and he laid and he said, God, you're going to bring her back to life. And she came back to life. And I've heard of modern times where people have those miracles, signs and wonders, they still happen. But what has happened is that the church, whatever side you're on, and I try to unpack what it means to be cessationist and non-cessationist. And I try to explain all of the, the dispensations and how cessationists believe that it was split in two. And once the word of God came in, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, they said that the, the gifts are gone. That, that, that all of the, the prophecy is gone. But it also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 7 that, that knowledge is gone. How many of y'all still think you need knowledge? I need, no, I need to know stuff. So I believe that which is perfect is Jesus. And if you didn't catch that two weeks ago, last week my wife preached an incredible message. I almost got saved with unity and love. But if you go right before that, I explained the cessationist and non-cessationist views. But what will happen is, bring those two those circles up. What happens is that this is the picture of what it looks like with the gifts of the Spirit. You start to hear all these different things. Stop hearing things and start reading things. It's the scriptures that teaches me how to live. It's the scriptures that teaches me what is true and what is not. It's the scriptures that shows me that Paul and Peter would walk by and their shadows would heal people. That they spoke in different tongues. That they watched as they said things and they began to happen. If this happened in the Bible, why can't it happen in real time? Can I tell you something that it is happening in real time? It's unfortunate to believe that in the Western context, in the United States of America, these things are, we're still fighting about whether it's true or not. But when you go across, ask Amanda, ask some of the missionaries, ask Jason Peebles. But when you go just across the ocean and you start to see where there's desperation and where there's need, you start to watch that people are being healed. That there's young babies that people are praying for and that they have died coming out of the womb and those children are coming back to life. And we're getting newsletters through WOM where we're hearing about miracles that God is doing all over the place. But we so, we, we got our little 1099s. We got our taxes back from, you know, you brand new with your taxes. You got your hair done, your nails. You know what I mean? You didn't go to Plato's Closet. You didn't go to Ross. You actually walked into Macy's. You know, you went to H&M because you got a little bit of money. Some of us, we don't got a lot of need. And when there's not a lot of need, there's not a lot of breakthrough because you feel like you got everything that you need. And sometimes God got to break you to allow you to experience a breakthrough so that you can see that these things are real. You don't know that God's a provider until you broke. You don't know that God is a healer until you 
sick in your body. And sometimes you got to get to those places for you to understand. Hopefully, what I'm trying to do is create inside of you a knowledge and understanding for you to be able to say, yo, these things are real and I don't have to walk according to the standards of the world. I don't have to have a big red circle or a blue red circle. I have to have two circles that are the same. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Today, we're going to talk about this out of your belly flows rivers of living waters. First Corinthians chapter 12 says, now concerning spiritual gifts or charis, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. That word ignorant, egnaeo, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm going to just live my life. Hopefully today you just don't just live your life, but that you can grab some tools and be able to continue to work and to build on this stuff. There's nine gifts that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we read. These nine gifts are really relegated to three different categories. And these three different categories are going to come up on the screens. There's revelation gifts. Now, this is where the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And then Paul talks about the inspiration gifts, which is the gift of prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And then he talks about the power gifts, the gifts of healings with an S behind it, the working of miracles and the gift of faith. Now, these three different categories, they operate in three different ways. This week, we're going to talk about the revelation gifts. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about those inspiration gifts. And then on June 4th, we're going to talk about the power gifts. And what we're going to believe is that God is going to heal some people. So if there's some people in your life, even you yourself, that needs healing, on this Sunday, we're going to believe God. We're going to pray, take some time to fast and to pray. And we're going to believe that God is going to heal some people. So begin to think in your mind, yo, I want to bring my mom or my aunt or my friend. or I, I, I have an injury. I have something that I want. And listen to me. You don't have to wait. We could pray today. And we'll pray after service if you have. You don't have to wait till June 4th. But we're believing because I want to teach this. Because this isn't about the man of God who holds the mic. And right now, everybody come to the front and I'm laying hands. I want to empower you to do it. As the job of a preacher, according to Ephesians, is that I am supposed to be equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. So I'm not just going to sit here and you ain't going to pay no $7.99 to get my prayer cloth. I don't got a prayer cloth. I don't got a chinoecheveria.org ministry site. I want to empower you to be able to walk in the gifts and the calling that God has placed inside of you. Because all of these gifts are available to everyone. I mean, that's, I just read that in scripture, that these are not just the man of God, Brianna, Kim, I mean, incredible voices. And I listen to them singing. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. They got incredible voices. But something happens when I sit here in the front row and I'm like, yo, I don't have that voice. I can't sing like that. I, I'm not, I sing tenor, 10 or 20 miles down the road. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I sing solo. <laughs> solo, you can't hear me. But... <laughs> I got them for days, y'all. I got them for days. I got them for days. But here's the truth, though. I don't sing that. And so what I do is that I look at them and I'm like, oh, I don't have that gift. And what we tend to do is that we think that the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit as if it was you, as if you have those gifts. Those gifts are given from God. They're the Holy Spirit operating and living through you. It's not that you can't sing. It's that you don't sing. It's that the Holy Spirit sings. So that means that it's available for everybody. If you've called on the name of Jesus, if you're not blatantly living in sin, if you develop your spiritual authority, your intimacy with God, and your risk, and you take risks, you will begin to watch as God starts developing these things. But scripture says that it is for everyone. It is for all of us if you've called on the name of Jesus. And I'm going to unpack that and explain it. And I'm going to tell you just enough to make you dangerous. All right, we're talking about the revelation gifts. Here we go. We're going to talk about the revelation gifts today. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and then the discerning of spirits. Number one is the word of wisdom. Something that has not yet come to pass. The word of wisdom. It's going to come up on the screens here. The word of wisdom. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, But we speak wisdom of God in mystery, the hidden wisdom which God 
ordained before the ages of this world. So the revelation of the future is what the word of wisdom is, right? Something that has not happened, that the world doesn't know. Nobody has an idea of what has happened. This is what the word of wisdom is, right? The, the, the enemy, the devil, he has counterfeits to these things, right? So it would be like tarot cards, um, horoscopes, palm readers. They try to tell you what the future is. They try to read the future to you. But God has actually given believers, and I can show you in scripture in just a second. I'm going to show you to scripture, and I'm going to show you a modern day context. In the Old Testament, you see it when it happened with Noah. Something that has not happened, but that will happen. That's the word of wisdom. Noah. Hey, there's going to come a flood. It hadn't rained yet. But the flood came. You see it in the life of Daniel. where the, the, the Pharaoh has a dream and Daniel is able to interpret it in Daniel chapter 2 where he's able to interpret it and he's, he starts to see four future kingdoms of the which all four of them have come and we're in the end days. Right? Daniel. And then you see Joseph. Joseph, Pharaoh has a dream and Joseph gets the word of wisdom and Joseph is able to explain, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have seven years of plenty and then you're going to have seven years of famine, Genesis chapter 41. So in the Old Testament, you see the word of wisdom. In the New Testament, you begin to see it the same way. Now, here's the truth. Noah saw that thing and most of them, sometimes it's a dream. So the word of wisdom is sometimes it'll be a dream that God reveals. Sometimes you begin to read scripture and all of a sudden the Lord starts to begin to show you stuff that's going to happen. Sometimes it's just a word. I've gotten just a word, a single word. And the moment I don't try to develop that, I don't try to talk about it. In that moment, when you say that word, all of a sudden God begins to give the revelation. And it's of something that's supposed to happen in the future. That's what the word of wisdom is. You can see it in the New Testament. Let me show you in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 31, John, he's talking about Jesus and he says, hey, I'm baptizing you with water. John, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I'm baptizing you with water, but there will be one that comes after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You see, Peter, Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse 34, Jesus is talking to him and he says, Peter's, you know, being extra as Peter is. And he's beginning to, yo, God, I love you. I'm never going to do nothing, all of this. And Jesus says, yo, Peter, honestly, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. It never happened, but it did. Jesus was using the word of wisdom. And then Paul. Paul is at this space right now where we can pull up the scripture, Acts chapter 23, verse 11. Paul is in this space right now where he's being attacked. Um, and Paul has been stoned. People have, they, they've hidden him out. I mean, Paul is getting, Paul is at the point where he thinks that he's going to die. And in Acts chapter 23, verse 11, this is what God says. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer. Paul, for as you testified for me in Jerusalem, so also, so must you also bear witness to me in Rome. What happened is that God told him, you're not going to die here. You're actually going to go to Rome and you're going to go bear witness and be a witness and, and, and preach the gospel for me. And as you read in scriptures, that's exactly what Paul did. You would think if as you read that word in Acts chapter 23, go back and read it. Paul's dying right here. No, no. Paul actually lived a little bit longer and then he was beheaded. Paul actually died, but it was way after he went to Rome. So that was the word of wisdom that was given to Paul in that time. My, my pastor back home, she was learning um, and she went to uh, Colombia and she was in Colombia um, with, with an apostle, Apostle Pias. And he, she was learning and they were in a, in a conference trying to learn about the gifts of the spirit. And so you had pastors, about 100 pastors and leaders from all over the world that were in this space. And they were just learning. And what happens is that 
He brings my pastor, my, my pastor's wife up um, from Miami and she says, hey, come up here. I want you to do something. I want you to choose anybody from the crowd. And she goes and she chooses somebody from the crowd and that person comes up and she's like, and he's like, okay, tell him whatever word the Lord puts in your heart. It's a word of wisdom. I want you to share it with him. What does the Lord put in your heart? She's freaking out. She's like, this is the stupidest thing ever. All these people here, I don't even speak the language. You talking about what words? And she says, bluebird. When she says bluebird, she wanted to jump in a rock and die. She's like, bluebird. She's like, oh my God, Rob, you couldn't say anything smarter? Bluebird? And she's like sitting there in all this insecurity. And she tells the guy, and he says, hey, does bluebird mean something to you? He said, we're going to fight with you. <laughs> Some of y'all giggled too much. Y'all been to too many Pentecostal churches. And so, <laughs> and so she, the guy's like, hey, man, I don't know. And then the, the, the apostle says, I feel like you're in a space right now where you're trying to figure out what to do, where to go. You're actually not even from this country. And God has you here for a reason. And I, you're asking God for something that I believe that he's going to give you. And the word that she gave you, I think it's super important because I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's beneficial to you. And at this point, the guy's weeping. He's like crying. He's like, I'm from Venezuela. I came to Colombia. Um, and, and then he says, hold on one second. He says, do me a favor. And he asked Pastor Robin. He asked one of the friends that were with him, do you have a passport? And one of I say, yeah, I got a passport. And he goes and he grabs a passport and he brings the passport and he says, I want you to open up the passport and just show it to the crowd. And when he shows it to the crowd, he says, what you don't understand is that the word that she gave you is actually pertinent to what you're going through and what God is going to do in the future in your life. Because when you open up the passport for some of us to have it, the first thing that you see is that there's a blue bird in the passport. Three months later, she's in Miami, Florida. And guess who taps her on the shoulder? He was able to get his visa. He was able to get his passport. Him as an entire family. His family who had been praying for him, right? His family who had been praying for him to be able to come from Venezuela to Miami, had to go to Colombia first, and then was trying to get a visa to get a passport to come to the United States. His family who was praying, that they were praying, and they lived houses away from my pastor and didn't even know it. Their family lived in Aventura, Florida. So, I mean, you know, the way that God works it out, this is mysterious and kooky and like, oh my God, this is, this is something that's laying inside of you that if you understand it, if you're not ignorant to it, that God will begin to reveal it because you have coworkers who are depressed and mad and sad and they're like, yo, life is never going to be, and you can be able to speak a word of wisdom to them, tell them, hey, it's not going to look like this. Here's what the Lord is going to do in your life and you can change a city, you can change a job, you can change a family and these gifts are relevant, but they're available to you. This is what the word of wisdom is. Amen. I want to show you something because in the New Testament, you see it. And then obviously you see it in real life. Then there's the word of knowledge, the word of knowledge. Now, the word of knowledge is the revelation of something that has happened in the past or something that's happening in the actual moment right there. And in the Old Testament, I kind of walk through this so y'all follow me. In the Old Testament, you see it with Elijah. Elijah is sitting there. He's running away from, from Ahab and from Jezebel. and He's so scared and he goes and he hides and he does all his weird stuff. And God is telling him, hey, listen to me. I want you to relax. I have a remnant. I have about 7,000 individuals. First Kings chapter 19. I have about 7,000 individuals that have not bowed their knee to bow. They're going to be with you on your side. And God was able to encourage them. That was a word of knowledge, something that actually happened that came to Elijah. But then Elisha, Elisha with Naaman, he's sitting there having a conversation with him. And the guy, I'm sorry, he, he has leprosy on him. And he, he's super prideful. And Elisha tells him, go read it in 2 Kings chapter 5. He tells him, hey, I want you to go dip yourself. And he lies. He grabs some other prophet. What happened is that Elisha was able to receive the word of knowledge. And he knew that he was lying to him. So this is how Peter, in Acts chapter 5, it was almost the same thing. 
two individuals had went and they sold the house. It was their money. They didn't have to lie. And they took the money and they said, yo, we're going to give this much to the church and we're going to keep this much to ourselves. We're, we're going to lie about it. And they came, the husband came first before Peter and he said, hey, Peter, here's the money of all the house. And he's like, that's all the money you have for the house? He's like, yeah, yeah, we, we sold the house. This is everything. That man dropped dead because he lied to the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's heavy, Chino. Some of y'all better stop lying. God doesn't care about your money. He cares about your integrity. He's not worried about, you think he's like, oh my God, the, the road's in heaven. We don't got enough gold. It's tarnished. I need more cattle on a thousand hills. We need more cow. No, man. This is all about you and the integrity. And his wife came in there and he said, hey, so did, did y'all sell the house and got them out? Yep. We did everything. She dropped dead too. Read it. Acts chapter five. Y'all need to be on Netflix. Read your Bible. But then also Paul, who is murdering Christians for God, God, is, well, he is killing them thinking that he's doing it for God. Paul is taking individuals and you read the stories, you watch the movies of the Colosseum where Christians are thrown in there and lions rip them to shred and kill them. Paul was the inventor of those things back in Rome and Paul was murdering Christians by the dozens. He was going to families and doing all of this stuff and I mean some really gnarly stuff to the point even in Acts chapter 8 the Bible says that he was standing there as an individual was being stoned to death and Paul was just holding everybody's jacket. Yeah, y'all boys handle that. Paul is converted in Acts chapter 9 and he gives his, the Lord flashes him with light and all of a sudden he's blind for three days. And then the Lord gives a word of knowledge to Ananias. In Acts chapter 9, he tells Ananias, hey, remember that guy Paul? He's saved and I want you to go pray for him. And Ananias turns to him and says, God, here's the deal. You don't know this guy. I know him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we're talking about the same dude. He's going to kill me. But God gave him a word of knowledge. He goes over there. He lays hands on him. And immediately, not only does Paul get saved, but in Acts chapter 9, it says that he is filled with the Holy Spirit. This same Paul that we're talking about that murdered people now is actually filled because a word of knowledge went to Ananias that ended up going to Paul. I was at this church in Miami, Florida. Dear friends of ours, uh, Terrence and Joanne Wilson called Cool Church. And I remember that I was preaching this message. And when we were preaching this message, we had an altar call. And we were praying for some people. And I remember that in a moment, I was sitting there. And you got to understand, just because you have the gifts of the Spirit, just because you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, that doesn't mean that you don't know how to operate in you. And so operating in you is when your insecurities start to take over. So what I tend to do is that I don't try to map out everything that God is saying in a moment. I just try. I heard the word and I shut it down and I go and I speak to the person that the Lord gave me the word for. And I'm trying to be obedient on those things because if I start developing it, then I'll start talking myself. You sound stupid. How the heck are you going to say that? And so this happened to me while I was preaching and I'm sitting here in the middle of a message and we finished praying. We're praying for the people. And all of a sudden, I remember right here in this corner at the church where they were at, there was a young lady that was singing. And as I walked by, all of, I just felt the Lord, it was like, he said, other country. And I was like, golly. And I just went up and I was like, I don't know what this means, but here's what I feel like the Lord is saying for you. And I'm supposed to encourage you. I, I don't know if you're thinking about moving to another country. And I don't know what God is trying to show you. Um, but I want you to understand that God is actually behind this. And every step that you're going to take is being ordained by God. He's going to provide for you. He's going to give you. I'm telling somebody that's on a worship team at a church that's a leader that they're leaving the United States of America. That sounds stupid to me, bro. I was like, what the heck am I going to tell this girl this? And I just started talking. And as I'm talking, I'm like, you idiot. What are you even telling this girl? What are you doing? And she starts weeping. 
And she says, me and my husband have been fasting for two weeks, asking God, do we leave to go back to Haiti to start a ministry? And what you just told me confirmed this. I'm calling my husband right now. We're leaving to go to Haiti. Amen. I mean, that's not Tino. I'm sitting here thinking I'm an idiot. I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you? Bro? Why are you telling this lady you're going to country? Like, what's wrong with you? That was the Holy Spirit. It was the word of wisdom, a word that is available to every single one of y'all. In the Old Testament, you see it. In the New Testament, you see it. And in 2023, you still see it. And then the last one that I want to kind of unpack here is the discerning of spirits, the discerning of spirits. So that's the third gift in the revelation gifts. The discerning of spirit is insight into the spirit world. And so this is a little bit different. I want to read to you something that I read that was in uh, the book, The Gifts and the Spirit by Lester Summerall. It says, the discerning of spirits is the divine ability to see the presence and activity of a spirit that motivates a human being, whether good or bad. The revelation comes to the church through the function of the Holy Spirit. The discerning of spirits gives members of the body of Christ insight into the spiritual, wor or spiritual world, a realm that their five senses, feeling, hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, cannot enter into. This, this spirit of discernment or this discerning of spirits is actually what you use to judge prophecy and other gifts. It's actually something that I, I don't have the best I don't have the best, um, I don't have that one honed in as good as my wife does. I can see it, but my wife, she like, there's people that she tells me that I'm like, sometimes I don't even talk to her about people because I know she's going to ruin it. She's going to be like, don't talk to that person. I'm like, no, leave me alone, man. Hey. But every time that I've stepped out of that and I've actually done opposite or I hide it from her and she's like, hey, who is that person? I, I, yo, I'll be sitting on the phone and it's not ladies, women's. I've never stepped out of my wife. Y'all fine. You're good. But I'm talking about like. Dudes, I'll be sitting there texting somebody, and normal, I'm not smiling, nothing. Just finish the text, put my phone out, say, who'd you just text? None of your business, man. <laughs> and it's because what God is starting to reveal something to her. I, I want to show you something, because in the Old Testament, you see it. Elijah, in 2 Kings um, chapter 16, I want to show you this in the Old Testament. It says, Elijah prayed, and he's talking to the armies of people who are so scared. They're like, man, we're going to lose this battle. We're going to die. Everybody's going to die. This is the worst season that we've ever had. And listen to what Elijah says. And Elijah prays and he says, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There's something that happens where God can begin to reveal and to show you stuff. For some of us who are in this room, I want you to understand this because when I say this, this starts to make your heart trickle a little bit because you're at home sometimes and you're starting to see stuff. And for some of us, you've already been there and you're sitting there and you're like, yo, I don't know what it is. I, you know, it might have been the fan with a coat on it and the light from the fan looked like a demon. And it was like, it was moving and it was really a fan. But for some of us, we've seen things and there's things that we're just like, okay, this is, this is a little strange. I don't know what just happened. Or when you're talking to somebody, you're like, ooh, there's something off with you. I want you to understand the devil will never give you gifts to be able to see him. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Think about it. The kingdom divided against itself will not stand. So the enemy's not trying to give you the tools to be able to defeat him. The tools for you to be able to defeat him is that you can see him, yeah. right? Because here's this. The devil's not strong. The devil's not like, oh, I got power and authority. No. The devil hides in darkness. He hides in tactics. Scripture says that he throws darts 
The Bible, the Bible says that he's a roaring liar, so it just sounds, he doesn't have a bite, he doesn't have no teeth. So what the enemy could do is as he's hiding, all of a sudden now you're starting to feel things and you're starting to do things. And it's not because the enemy's like touching you and he's maneuvering you. And yo, please understand, there is a such thing as demon possession. For those that do not have Jesus in their heart, have not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, there is such things as demon possession. My own mother... I remember seeing her. My mom would take a tobacco. She would, all I was raised in my entire life was witchcraft. That's all I've ever known. Made me a little spiritual. She turned the tobacco and put the tobacco with the cherry in her mouth. Took it out. Nothing happened to her lips. I've been in some weird situations. I've seen my mom talk to me in different spirits. Wake up the next day. I didn't know Jesus, by the way. Wake up the next day and I'm, she, and I'm telling her, telling her, these are the three people that you spoke to me. As. So my wife was, my mom was a witch. Not my wife. My mom was a witch. She lived in Brujeria. She was Cuban. This is all she ever knew. She dedicated me as a little kid for a year. Dressed me all in white. Dedicated me to saints. Like, I understand this world. And I've seen some stuff that I can make your skin crawl. But please understand me that the devil has no power or authority that there is a Jesus who is way stronger than him so if I'm gonna let y'all give y'all a little courtesy clap so if the Lord is beginning to show you things that's not the enemy that's the Lord and in those moments it's not for you to be afraid and like oh my god I saw something in the corner no these are the moments listen to me the discerning of spirits I'm giving you wisdom so that you don't live in ignorance this is for you to be able to say I don't care if it's Crisco Masola do they make Masola up here whatever get some cooking oil get some extra olive oil virgin or non-virgin get dirty oil whatever it is Get some oil and begin to anoint the house. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every spirit. I rebuke every demonic attack. You have authority in you to be able to do that. You don't have to live in a house thinking, oh my God, it's so scary. There's, oh, I hear noises. You hear noises, you better talk up. Number one, you better give your life to Jesus. First and foremost, we'll talk about that in a second. But, but inside of you, this, if you save, this is, I rebuke you, devil. This right here, this is what the Lord has given you to be able to see that. In the Old Testament, he saw clouds. But in the New Testament, Jesus gives us a little bit of a vision of what it looks like. I think even with my wife, where she operates in. And Jesus is having a conversation. And it's in John chapter 14, um, 1 verse 47. It's not on the screens. Stay there. We're going to go to the New Testament. Don't do it yet. John chapter 1 verse 47. It says, when he saw Nathaniel, he said, approaching him, he said, hey, here is a true Israelite in whom there is no guile. So he's a good guy. He's not a bad guy. So there's times that you could just sense, and this is, I believe, the, the discerning of spirits even in today's time, where you can tell. Some of y'all know that. You, you're like, something about this. I don't want to sign on the dotted line. I don't know if I should take this job. I don't know if I really want to live there. So God starts to show you something. That's not uh, the universe. <laughs> the universe isn't revealing anything to you, bro. That's the discerning of spirits that the Lord is showing you something. When you got understanding, when you got, when you got, you're not ignorant to it. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse one, when you understand it, like, oh, God begins to direct you in a different way. Now you sit down with people and you're just like, Lord, just show me. Yeah, nah, I'm good. Or this is who I need to talk to. This is six individuals that look like kings. And then one young, scrawny, ugly kid that's out in the, in the, in the, in the pasture that comes in there smelling like cow dookie. That's the king, not these guys. God starts to show you stuff. I want to show you this. In the New Testament, Paul, Acts chapter 13, verses 9 through 11. Um, the, 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 I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, that Paul is in a city. And so think about the proconsul would be like, 
governor of that or the mayor of that city and Paul is witnessing to him and the governor's like yo I think I want to I think I want to follow Jesus and all of a sudden this other guy comes in has a devil inside of him starts to deceive and starts saying stuff and like creates an entire distraction and here it is Paul remember Acts chapter 9 that Paul was filled with the spirit because Ananias put his hands on him here it is Paul watch this then Saul who was also called Paul filled with the spirit I'll just add the words again multiple fillings looked straight at LMS and said to him you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right you are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery you will never stop perverting will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord and immediately at that moment that mo that man was blinded here's what I want you to understand the God that we serve he's strong he's powerful he's all-knowing but bro we're not on the outside team if you called on the name of Jesus yo that's your dad that's our father that's Abba before you called on his name he was taking care of you that's the reason why those numbers got washed in your jeans and you couldn't call her don't talk too loud don't talk too loud I get it I get it but that's the reason the other day man I was driving dude and I had to go pick up my kids and I was I don't even know I think I waited on the couch for a little while I was like I think one of my kids anyway and I was sitting there and I was like he gonna have to wait I'm not going to go pick him up from football practice he should have called me earlier and then I I just felt like I'm just gonna sit here and I you know I went to the demon of Instagram and I started just you know scrolling for a little while and then I was like oh my god it's been about 10 minutes I'm like let me go get this kid I jump in the car and I go and when I go the exact same spot that I was going to go pick my kids up there was a massive four-car accident and I, I I mean I just timed it a little bit I was like ooh, I don't know I don't know maybe I could have been in it maybe not but I do believe that I felt like the Lord stopped me for a moment because I'm not ignorant to it my wife Years ago, she told me, I told her I was going to tell this. My wife, years ago, there's this, there's this pastor, and he was, he was important, I think, to our life, right? Lady, he helped us even to plant this greater church. Um, like, he, he gave us the green light. And so this guy, um, he, he was killing the game. And he was a church planner. We, by the way, we not only support missions at Greater Church, but we support church plants. And so you're tithing your 10%. 10% of it goes to actually start churches all over the world. In the last, I can't even remember how many years, we've planted a thousand churches as an organization. But here's what, I, what, what happened. This guy was a part of that. And then he goes and he plants a church. And when he plants the church, he starts his meetings. Like, I mean, just normal meetings of like, hey, we want to start, we're, we're going to start a Spanish church, by the way, just throwing that out there. And what we're doing is we're going to start with a meeting to get people to get involved in that so that they can be a part of that launch team, right? And so this guy is, he's doing that. And my wife, the whole time she's like, on Instagram, she's like, babe, I, I, there's just something here. I'm like, bro, that guy's awesome. He's incredible. What is wrong with you? But I know enough not to question this woman. And I'm like, just let it play out. She's like, I don't know. Months go by. And she's like, man, I don't, I don't every time I see him, I, you unfollowed him, I think, and everything, right? I think she unfollowed him she was just like there's just something off i don't know what it is there's just something wrong well a couple months ago um sorry at the beginning of the pandemic in the middle of the bank of the pandemic there was a there was a uh he fell into a moral failure so he slept with a woman in his church and he lost his church and yo i don't want to condemn that man god can restore him god bless him um i'm telling you i'm trying to show you the the discerning of spirits and and, and a story of modern day times in my wife's life and i i was like wow the other day, I thought about the story as I was prepping for this message. And I just said, yo, let me just check out where this guy's at. The details of the individual and what he had did 
was a little bit deeper and darker than I thought. While my wife was feeling some type of way with it, he was sleeping and sexually abusing. He was, he was raping one of the ladies at his church. Um, would take her in her office, tell her to shut up, threaten her, and he would, he would have sexual intercourse with her. This was all going while my wife was like, hey, babe, there's something off here. Because the Lord is starting to reveal and show you. And she understands that gift and she lives in that gift. This is the God that we serve. We're on the right team. He can show you things that are going to happen in the future. He can reveal to you things that happened in the past or that happened right now. He can start to show you what intense people before you ever sign that contract. God can begin to show you time and time again. I guarantee you that man, Jason Peebles, he owns a missionary organization. We love it. We support it. My wife works for this. And I guarantee you there's people that sign and they say, hey, I want to be part of this missionary. They want to go preach Jesus. Come on, man. They want to go preach Jesus. And I guarantee you there are times that you're like, nah, nah there's something off. And then a few months later, Okay, I get it. But this is the Jesus that we serve that's living inside of us. This is what it means to be filled and to be spilled with the revelation gifts. But for some of us, I mentioned it a minute ago, and it feels like this is where we are. Right? I've said this a few times. I, I can dry this thing. And just, I mean, just, you're just dry. It just feels like, and you're sitting there. And you're, sorry, wait, I apologize, bro. And you're sitting there and you're just like, did something just move over there? And you're filled with so much anxiety about the future. Where you're just like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to lose my job? I mean, the pandemic kind of has been over. I don't know. Depends who you ask. But for some of y'all, y'all still think that the pandemic is going to circle back around and kill you and kill your entire family. And for some of us, we live in so much fear that we don't know what's going on now. And we're like, yo, I don't know where to take this job. Do I quit this job? Do I date this person? Do I break up with this person? Do I get a divorce? Do I move to another country? And you're sitting there and you're just living in this insecurity in this world and you're dry. Can I tell you that there's a God that wants to fill you? There's a God that actually wants to live inside of you. And the moment that you give your life to Jesus, there's not a devil in hell that will make you fearful because you understand what's living inside of you. But if you're living a dry life outside of Jesus, if you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, then I promise you're going to keep struggling with insecurity. You're going to keep thinking that if you drink that bottle, it's going to make you feel better. That if you sleep with him, it's going to make you feel better. You keep thinking that if you end your life, everything will be fine. It won't. And you don't have to live that way. You can live a life that is so filled with God, that a life that is so empowered by God that everything that you're doing is just spilling out of you, that whenever people see you, they're just like, yo, what is going on with this person? Three months earlier, you wanted to kill yourself, but now all of a sudden you're walking with an empowerment because you understand that it's Jesus. But the first step for you to even remotely have this is for you to have where you're empty right now is for you to just have the spirit living inside of you. And so for this to happen, for this to happen right here, that, that's called salvation. And for some of us who are in this room, we, we haven't been saved. And we've been living in anxiety, shame, guilt, sin. We've been living our way for a very long time. And I believe like on a day like today, whether this is your first time, you've been coming for a little while, this is a moment not for you to be scared of the devil and what he's going to do to you, but for you to understand that there's power available to you and that Jesus, it's not only the miracles, the signs and the wonders, because if I'm honest with you, Sean right now, he can come up here and we won't do it, Sean. But 
I could cut Sean's arm off. And Jason will be really mad at me because he has, we, we're like, we have to clean all that up. My wife is going to be like, why'd you do that? And I could get the arm and I could put the arm back. And we're going to talk about the power gifts in a couple of weeks. And, and we could put the arm back and he's healed. And he's like, oh my God, my arm is back. And you know, we'll clean the blood later. Or you know what? In Jesus' name, all the blood go back into it. Clean though, not dirty. All the blood, I mean, just miracle. You're sitting there, you're like, what just happened? What in the poltergeist? Like, you know what I mean? You're just like, what just happened? Eventually, one day, Rachel, I love you, but eventually one day in 80 years from now, he's going to die. I'm going to die. Hey, here's encouragement news. You ready? You're going to die. Everybody in this room, we're all going to die. Uh, let's pray. And Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. God bless y'all. Go see you next Sunday. So the dying part, regardless of how much you're healed, how many words of wisdom, words of knowledge, healings, miracles, we're all going to die. But then the biggest miracle happens the moment that you take your next breath. That's an eternity with Jesus or an eternity without Jesus. That's, that's the real miracle. And for some of us in this room, we don't know where we're at or where we stand at in that. And today I can make you assured, I can promise you that you can spend eternity with Jesus, that you can be filled and that you can have salvation in your life. Because I read this same Bible that I've been talking about over the last few hours, minutes. <laughs> and it's Romans chapter 10 verse 9. I quoted it a while ago. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Jesus, you are Lord. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, I know in my heart, I'm my knower, I believe it. Then you shall be saved. One plus one equals two. And so in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and just going to give you a, a moment of privacy between you and God. This isn't a group project. This is you and God. But if you're in this room and you're saying, Chino, I, I, I need to get this thing right, man. I feel like I'm empty. But I want salvation. I want Jesus in my life. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. And, and then I'm going to simply ask you just to raise your hand. Just so I can see who I'm praying for. And when I ask you to, to raise your hand, I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Listen to me. That prayer doesn't save you. I say it every week because it's important. That prayer is not a magical prayer that was found in the book of Incantate. No. You're just, I'm just giving you some words to be able to say to Jesus. Faith is what saves you. What you believe. The God you're believing in. That's what's going to save you. And then from there, Jason's going to come up and he's going to give you some brief instructions on what's your next steps. Because we love decisions, but as a church, we're all about making disciples. We want to make you look more like Jesus. Not more like me, not more like our church. We want you to look more like Jesus. And so we're going to give you some options for you to take to be able to walk that out. But would you do me a favor all over this place and would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at my. Greater